Welcome to Zazlo Show 2.0, presented from day one by Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys. You're dealing with any kind of accident, any personal injury, slip and fall, motorcycle, car accident, bike. Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys, 800 747 free. That's 800 747 3733. Title sponsors from day number one. No, before day number one of Zaslow Show 2.0. My guys, Mark Anajar, Glenn Levine, Ellie Anajar, they believe in me. If you're listening to the show right now and you're dealing with any kind of personal injury, I'm sending you to my friends, Anajar and Levine, accident attorneys. You don't have to deal with the insurance companies. You don't have to deal with the medical bills. You need to focus on getting right. That's where they come in. They handle all the stuff that you don't want to be bothered with. You need to make sure you're getting healthy, and they're going to make sure you're getting the money that you deserve. Anna Jar and Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. Proud title sponsors of Zaslow Show 2.0. If you're a homeowner, you need to make sure you have the proper coverage. And that's why I'm sending you to Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance and Financial Services because we know that if there's, God forbid, an issue with our home, we need to know that we're covered properly. From Pensacola to the Keys and beyond, Brunt Insurance and Financial Services delivers comprehensive insurance and financial solutions tailored to your needs. Since 2013, Brunt Insurance specializes in home and auto insurance. Bruntinsurance.com. You could also check them out on social media at Brunt Insurance. Look, the market's confusing. Let Brunt Insurance sort it all out for you with their fully licensed staff and they know the area. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance to make sure that they're covered, and that's why I'm sending you to them as well. Bruntinsurance.com, 954-589-2204. Welcome aboard. This is Zaslow Show 2.0. Welcome, Zaslow Show 2.0. It is a Monday, the 23rd of October. Good to have you aboard, part of the Believe Podcast Network, and presented as always by Anna Jar and Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-3, 800-747-3733. If you're involved in an accident, you're dealing with a personal injury, you call Anna Jar and Levine, Accident Attorneys. You may be wondering what it's like to work with the best personal injury attorneys around. Well, Anajar and Levine, they talk to the insurance company for you. They're going to help schedule all your appointments. They're going to send you frequent case updates so that you're up to speed. You know everything that's going on. They're going to answer all and every question you have. Anajar and Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE, 800-747-3733. Got a great show planned. We're going to have a great week. I'm happy to have you guys aboard starting the week with us, even though we are super disappointed about last night's Dolphin loss. Week 7 will close tonight with Monday Night Football, San Francisco and Minnesota. We have two 
Major League Baseball League Championship Series games. That includes a Texas showdown, Game 7 tonight. And Bet Online is your number one source for all your baseball wagering info. Up to the minute stats, news, scores, matchup breakdowns, everything you need to stay up to speed on both League Championship Series all the way through the World Series. And of course, with the NFL and college football, the latest game odds, spreads, and totals, they're at your fingertips with Bet Online's real time updates on stats, news, and odds. Head to the Bet Online website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Don't forget, use promo code BELIEVE, B L E A V, to get your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thanks, everybody, who listened to me yesterday. On ESPN Radio, I hosted ESPN Radio Game Day from 1 to 4 p.m. with Herm Edwards. That was my first time doing that show. I've done primetime before. Primetime is on Sundays from 4 to 7 p.m. And Game Day is on from 1 to 4. And the bet I'm doing it for the next two weeks as well. So three total weeks in a row. Usually Shay Cornette from SportsCenter, she hosts it, but she's off for the next few weeks. So I did it yesterday with Herm Edwards, and I think next week it's with both Mike Tannenbaum and, and Herm Edwards. So the easiest way to describe it, and I hope you tune in next week if you didn't catch yesterday, it's Red Zone on the radio. And as far as the shows that I've done so far for ESPN Radio, it was, but it was the most complicated, but... Probably the most fun, and at the same time being the most complicated, also the easiest, because it just flew. It's literally red zone on the radio. We're going from game to game to game to game, constant updates on what's going on. I got the red zone on in front of me on my TV. I got my iPad keeping track of all the scoreboards. I got my phone so I could look up the box scores and give real-time stats. I got my computer open so I could see the messages and I could see the, the producer up in Bristol, their screen. It There's so much going on. But that was a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to doing it again next week. So I hope if you didn't catch me yesterday, you can listen next week. Actually, next week's tough. Like, yesterday was great because the Dolphin game's at night. So I, I do game day yesterday from 1 to 4. And then I'm done. Sit back and relax. Watch the 4 o'clock games. And then you got the main event, which is the Dolphins. Well, next week, I'm on during Dolphins-Patriots. Dolphins-Patriots is 1 o'clock. So, uh, I don't expect everybody to be listening then, all right? But the week after that, the Dolphins are in Germany, (coughs) excuse me, against the Chiefs. That'll be at 9.30 a.m. Get done watching that and then hop on game day from 1 to 4. So, you guys will definitely be able to listen to me then. I hope that you'll be joining me, and I appreciate everyone who hung out yesterday. That was that was really a lot of fun. Went to the Panther game on Saturday night, made my debut at what is now called Amaranth Bank Arena. Made my debut, Panthers and Canucks on Saturday night. My wife and I, we took my son Jordan, the three of us. He had a birthday weekend, and for just the second time ever, I sat in the upper deck. Now, I'd never been in the upper deck, period. At that arena, Ameren Bank Arena, until the Stanley Cup Finals, Game 4, when I went with my man Colin, founder and CEO of Sheets and Giggles. SheetsGiggles.com, use promo code Zaslow, 20% off your first order. And I was like, you know what? The same way that I sit, I when my son and I go to Dolphin Games, my older son Corey, we love sitting 
front row upper deck. Like on the uh, behind the goal. Front row upper deck is money for the NFL. And so after sitting in the upper deck for the Stanley Cup Finals, and we were like 15 rows up, I was like, you know what? I'll bet front row upper deck in this building for hockey is pretty money. So I bought three tickets for us. We went on Saturday night, sat front row in the upper deck on the corner of the shoot one side. Those seats are money. I will do that every time. So look, the Ticket Ninja, it's about finding the good value, getting the good seats, but also finding the good value. And I'm telling you, I think we're going to go again tomorrow because very similar seats. Front row, upper deck at Ameren Bank Arena, like tomorrow night, for instance. Panthers and is it Sharks tomorrow night? Yeah, Panthers and Sharks. Like 27 bucks a ticket. Front row in the upper deck. So that's a hot tip for you right there. You don't even have to thank the Ticket Ninja. That's a freebie I just threw you. So I think we're going to go again tomorrow. Panthers lost 5-3 that game on Saturday night. But... Man, like, Panther tickets are expensive. And especially now, because the whole lower level, they sold out of their entire season ticket inventory in the lower level. Doesn't mean lower level seats aren't available. They're always available. Secondary market. And the, the, the club always holds back a certain number of seats for individual game tickets. They don't sell every seat for season tickets. But the value is in that upper deck. First row, even second or third row, whatever it is. So... I think we're probably going to go to a bunch of Panther games because I found the value again, even though Panthers are a hot ticket. Panthers, again, tomorrow night they play Hurricanes. We'll get to that. We got the Major League Baseball doubleheader today, game six and game seven. So we obviously have to start things out here with your Miami Dolphins. All right. So had a lot to drink last night. Woke up pretty hungover. That did not help. You know, dealing with the Dolphins' loss. I was agitated last night. And I'm not so agitated this morning. I mean, I'm more disappointed because, you know, I wanted to wake up today getting ready to celebrate a Dolphin win with you guys. Uh, I don't, like, I don't lose sleep over the Dolphins anymore. That's one part of my fandom that I'm really proud of my growth. I'm proud of how I've evolved as a sports fan. And... Some of it has to do with, you know, getting older in age. I mean, I'm not I'm not a kid anymore. I'm 42 years old. And I started to treat Dolphin games different a little less than 20 years ago. A little less than that. Like, into my mid-20s. And par- part of it was because I didn't like how it was making me feel when they would lose. And the other part is, you know, they had so, like, they had so many down years that... The emotion was beat out of me. Now, I'm I'm way into it again. I, I became way into the Dolphins again really a few years ago, especially when my older son started to get into it. So it kind of helped me get my fandom back where I do get really excited during the games. All right. But I don't allow the losses to make me crazy anymore. And I'm really proud of the way that I've evolved as a Dolphin fan because if you go back in time, la- I... I, I Last night's game would have set my mood for the entire week. And who the fuck needs that? I'm, I'm going to have that game last night set my mood for the entire week? Eh, that's obnoxious. Uh, who wants to live like that? Now, I know a lot of you guys listening right now, you you are like that. And you're great fans. I'm just telling you, for me, I'm glad that I don't experience it like that anymore. And maybe you'll get to a place where you feel like that too one day. 
Because it's so much easier not losing sleep over last night. Maybe being able to, to look at the big picture. And you know what? I used to be like that with the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat were the last ones where I didn't allow a loss to have me lose sleep. I used to live and die with all 82 Heat games. And I remember on my first year on the Miami Heat broadcast, this is back in 2010, my first year on the broadcast, and I'm sitting at one of the pregame press conferences with the great Eric Reed, not the former 7-9 ticket midday host. I don't know what he's up to. Eric Reed, the all-time great television announcer for the Miami Heat. And I told him about like, how angry I was at the loss last night, you know? And he said to me, he gave me great advice, which was really pertinent for someone who was on the broadcast on every game, but also just from a general fan perspective as you're starting to get a little bit older. And he told me, he's like, you're not going to make it through the season if you're living and dying with all 82 games. You're you're just not going to make it emotionally. And he was right. I had to kind of let that go. Now, some losses will piss me off more than others, but regular season losses, got to let it go. Can't, can't wake up in the middle of the night in cold sweats and I'm upset about, uh, you, you know, you know, a, a layup that Bam had a bio missed. Can't do it anymore. That was great advice from Eric Reed. And so back to the Dolphins. I'm glad that I've evolved as a sports fan, as a Dolphin fan, in the way where, all right, I, I could be annoyed about it during the game, but once the game's over, I gotta let that shit go. Regular season. If it's a postseason game, oh come on, I'm gonna be very upset. But and I wasn't even that mad watching the game last night. You know, the Dolphins. The Dolphins were in the game, obviously, especially early in the fourth quarter. They have the football down seven. They're driving the field. Tua through the interception. Bad decision. I mean, you know, Eagles defense did a terrific job. And that was really the ball game there. The Eagles, uh, they, I think they had two of the tush pushes. I fucking hate that shit. I think they had two of the tush pushes on that drive. Both of which may have been in their own negative territory. And it's, it's an impossible play to stop. And I don't know what the NFL is going to do about it because, in theory, the NFL shouldn't do anything about it. Like, why is it not allowed? Why get rid of it? I think the problem, though, is when you don't allow the defense to push each other, why is the offense allowed to push each other? So either you get rid of the play or you allow the defense to be able to push each other also. They're never going to allow the defense to also push each other. So the result is going to be that the offense cannot push each other either. And that, that will essentially get rid of that play. That's not going to be for, until next year, obviously at the earliest. But So the Dolphins had their chances. But I, like, I really thought the Dolphins got their ass kicked yesterday. I don't, I don't know any other way to say it. I, you you go like go and look up the totals from yesterday's game because otherwise you're just thinking to yourself you know what do you mean they got their ass kicked they were down by game was tied late in the third quarter they're down by seven in the fourth quarter with the ball go look up the numbers yesterday the Eagles a 26-12 advantage in first downs like that's enormous 26 to 12 total plays the Eagles ran 68 plays compared to the Dolphins 48. Due in part because the Eagles had the ball for 37 minutes compared to the Dolphins' 23. That's dom- a, a dominant time of possession performance. Total yards. 
Eagles, 355 to just 244 for the Dolphins. Dolphins had under 200 yards passing, 199 yards passing, 45 yards rushing. I, you know, the Dolphins are a great offensive team. Best offensive team in the league, right? They couldn't do anything yesterday. The Dolphins were in the red zone one time yesterday. What? And of course, the penalty situation, which Dolphins clearly got the short end of the stick. But, like, they didn't get their ass kicked. No, they look at the numbers. They got their ass kicked. And because the Dolphins are a really good team, there were still moments where they were in the game. But they were down 17-3. They're down double digits in the first half. And they end up losing the game by double digits. A game that they never led. They got their ass kicked yesterday. The defense kept them in it, actually. Even though defense allowed 31 points, defense kept them in it. But this was a beatdown. And it was a beatdown, you know, between their offensive line, their defensive line. They dominated the game down there. And yet the Dolphins' defense was still able to make plays, which is a great sign moving forward. But they got beat down last night. I don't see it any other way. And, and here's the thing. You're allowed to be unhappy and think they played poor and you're still a good fan of the team. There's not this rule where in order to be a, a, a top fan, you can't say they got their ass kicked last night. You're allowed to say they got beat up. You're allowed to say they got their ass kicked and still be considered a good fan. It doesn't make you any less of a fan. And I feel like some people have a hard time understanding that. That game ended last night. Dolphins got their ass kicked. They did. And here's the thing. And I don't want to hear about the penalties. But here's the thing. The Dolphins won the turnover battle. We know how important that is. They won the turnover battle. They had a defensive touchdown. And they still lost by two touchdowns. They got their ass kicked last night. I don't know any other way to say it. But again, that doesn't make it doesn't make you any less of a fan. You're allowed to, you're, you're allowed to be honest about it. And I don't want to hear about the penalties. I really don't because you had two calls that stood out obviously. The face mask, Wilson, <coughs> Cedric Wilson Jr., that was awful, sucks. You had the face mask they didn't call. And you had the hold where we were coming up the gut. Clearly, we got held. The same kind of play that they called against us just like the drive before that. Those were two penalties that clearly stood out. Yes, the Dolphins got called for 10. And apparently, the Eagles played angelic football. That's tough to swallow. I get it. But the calls on the Dolphins, like the Dolphins committed those penalties. They were legit. 10 is way too many. You want to have a conversation about the officials not calling any on the Eagles? I'm with you. That part sucks. But those 10 penalties the Dolphins were called for, they were legit, and some were really stupid. The Wilkins roughing penalty was that soft, and you like the official. You don't get this all that often. I, I, it, well, is it Terry McCauley, whoever their officials? He comes on the screen. He's got no problem saying the officials got it wrong. I like that. You don't get every, you know head of the, the rules committee, whatever, whatever the rules analyst. You don't get that guy always openly disagree with the referees during the game. So I like that that guy is willing to do that. But here's the thing. Was that a soft roughing penalty? Did Jalen Hurts likely flop? Yeah, but Christian Wilkins 
was two yards away from Jalen Hurts when he released the ball. Don't touch him. It's stupid. He barely touched him. Yeah, but you were two yards away when he threw the ball. That's a stupid play by Christian Wilkins. Really stupid play. And then you got the lining up offsides. What, that happened three times, I believe it was? And it was weird because one of them had ended up offsetting because they said that the Eagles were also offside, which they weren't. And the rules analyst said that he's not offside on the offense. He's allowed to do that. He's allowed to be there. And it may have even been the center's hand that was right next to the football. It was extra stupid. The officials did not have a good game. But we're lining up offside three separate times. What are we doing? And, like, I don't want to hear about the officiating. We sound like suckers when we're going into the, you know, the new biggest game in years, which is what this team had yesterday, and you just want to complain about the officiating? Especially when there wasn't, like, a call on the final drive that took the game away from us or gave the game to them. The game ended when Tua threw... And look, I mean, look, he's going to throw interceptions sometimes. The game ended when Tua threw the interception early in the fourth quarter. Eagles got the ball back, methodically drove down the field. They picked up a couple fourth downs with the tush push, and they wind up scoring to win the game 31-17. That was your ball game. If you want to wake up today and you're complaining about the officials, like, we sound like suckers if we're doing that. We're so excited for the game yesterday. It's Sunday night football. We're going to get, you know our biggest regular season win in years, and we sound like suckers when we're just complaining about officiating today. I'm not going to do it. The Dolphins haven't beaten anyone good. They haven't. And we're going to complain about the officials right now? Especially when there wasn't, you know, it it wasn't a call at the very end of the game. Sound like a sucker if we're going to do that. And I'm not going to do it. But look, here's the thing. It doesn't change my opinion about where this team is going to be later in the season, especially on the defensive side. Like, that's the positive we take from yesterday, right? It doesn't change my opinion about where this team, who this team is, and where they're going. I I feel like I know who this team is. But if you're on the outside looking in, and you want to make a case that the Dolphins have only beaten shit teams, and they've lost to the two good teams badly lost the two good teams that they've played, so they're phony. If I walk into a court of law and I try and make a case against that, I'm going to lose that case. That's the frustrating part about today. But for me, someone who's in it, a Dolphin fan, I'm watching this team, I'm watching these games every single week, I know who this team is. I know they're a really good team. But today's a great day for the haters. And the Dolphin fan... Has to eat that one. That's all there is to it. But it doesn't change my opinion about where this team is going to be later in the season. Especially when they get some key pieces back really soon. I'll tell you about those pieces in a moment here. First though, I want to remind everybody, if you're interested in getting the best sleep of your life. If you're tired of your current bed sheets. Maybe the bed sheets that you have, they're, they're, just, they're too expensive. What if I told you that you could have the softest coolest, most breathable sheets anywhere. What if I also told you, if you use the promo code Zazlow, you could get 20% off your first order at checkout. That's right, sheets and giggles. 
Go to SheetsGiggles.com. Get the best sleep of your life with Sheets and Giggles irresistibly soft eucalyptus sheets. Their sheets are not only soft, they're also breathable. You're going to sleep cool and comfortable all night long. You would have slept well even after that dolphin loss yesterday if you have Sheets and Giggles. Go to SheetsGiggles.com. Use promo code Zazlo. Get 20% off your first order at checkout. Use promo code Zazlo. That helps me. It helps Sheets and Giggles. My man Colin, founder and CEO of Sheets and Giggles, he's making those sheets so they're environmentally friendly and you're also getting the best sleep of your life. Again, SheetsGiggles.com. Use promo code Zazlo. Get 20% off your first order. And of course... How was I enjoying the game last night? I told you I woke up woke up a little bit of a hangover. How was I enjoying the game last night? Had myself a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. You know what I'm talking about. Johnny Cuba, most delicious beer. Official beer of Zaslo Show 2.0. If you haven't tried a Johnny Cuba, I don't know what you're waiting for. Head to your local Presidente or Sedano's or Winn-Dixie Fresco Imas. Pick up a six-pack of Johnny Cuba, European roots with a Caribbean soul, a refreshing German lager in a can. Maybe that's how you want to sit back and enjoy Monday Night Football tonight with the official beer of Zaslow Show 2.0, Johnny Cuba. Remember, always drink responsibly, and don't forget Johnny Cuba's mantra, stay tranquilo. We'll get to our NFL rundown coming up. A lot of action from yesterday, but... Here's what softens the blow for the Dolphin fan. Once Buffalo lost in the early games yesterday, we are golden. Last night, yes, the Dolphins missed a major opportunity to go up two games in the division on Buffalo. But once the Bills lost yesterday afternoon, the reality is it became a bonus game last night. It's true. You wanted to take advantage of the bonus game, but that's what last night became. That was a bonus game. Especially because the loss for the Dolphins was on the road against an NFC team. It's not a divisional loss. It's not even a conference loss. And it's not even a home loss. So, reality, last night became a bonus. Like, I'm, I'm going to take the glass half full approach. You could say, oh, I'm, I'm, that's why yesterday sucked because we could have taken advantage. I would feel that way if the Dolphins lost to a shitty team yesterday. That would have been so shitty. Then it wouldn't feel like a bonus game. Then only something bad can wind up happening last night. But because they were at a really good Philadelphia team, the Bills losing, that became a bonus game. The Dolphins are still sitting really pretty. Now, they don't have the number one record in the AFC anymore. They could do something about that in a couple of weeks. All right, the next big opportunity for the Dolphins is in Germany. And okay, so you're now a game back of the best record. You want the best, your number one goal has to be to win the division. But if you also want to think bigger picture, you want to get number one so that you get the bye and you get home field advantage two games. You can rectify that situation yourself because your next biggest game in years is in a couple weeks against that Kansas City team that now you're a game back. But Buffalo losing yesterday, major, major blow softener. What's also important is this. While the Dolphins have not beaten any good teams yet, 
They're kicking the shit out of the bad teams. And we know this. Like, we talked about it last week. We had John Kincaid from up in Philadelphia, 97.5 The Fanatic. And he told us, you know, I, I didn't know it until he pointed it out earlier in the week. And by the way, if you miss any previous episodes, Zaslow Show 2.0, I'd love you to go back and listen wherever you get your podcasts. You could also make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Zaslow Show. I love you, Tom. I love you so much. Thank you. And the Dolphins are 5-24. and 24. Well, they're not 5-24. and 24. The Dolphins' five wins, the opponents coming into this week were a combined 5-24. and 24. Those opponents now, matter of fact, I mean, man, I'm going to do it off the top of my head. The Patriots won yesterday, so that's 6-24. and 24. Uh, Giants won 7-24. and 24. Panthers didn't play yesterday. Chiefs lost at 7-25. and 25. And am I forgetting one? I think I'm forgetting one more game. Uh, but anyway, something like 7-25 right now is, yeah, is the record of the Dolphins combined bonus. But it was 5-24 and 24 going into this week. But here's the thing. So I'm, I'm looking at it from a positive perspective because the important part is, while the Dolphins have not beaten any good teams, they're kicking the shit out of the bad teams. And for instance, Buffalo, three losses now, which, like, I get it. You could be frustrated. How did we give up 48 points? We lost by four touchdowns. The Bills are four and three. Yeah, that part's frustrating. But Buffalo has three losses now. Two of them are embarrassing. The Jets and Patriots, both in the division, huge. The Jets lost embarrassing because, number one, Jets are 500 right now. And it was the first game of the year when the Jets should have been shell-shocked after losing Aaron Rodgers. Bills lost. And they lose yesterday to the Patriots. Let's do bad losses for Buffalo. Dolphins don't have any bad losses. If you're going to be a great team, you don't get tripped up by the terrible teams. The Bills have gotten tripped up. The Dolphins have not been tripped up. You always beat the bad teams. There's no shame, there's no embarrassment in losing at Buffalo and losing at Philadelphia. Those are not bad losses. But eventually, you need to win one of these big games. The problem just is, yeah, they've played two good teams this year, and they've lost by double figures in both of them. Like I told you, I go into a court of law, I argue the one side, Dolphin Hater argues the other side that they haven't proven anything because they haven't beaten anyone good yet. Now, I'm going to lose that case every time. I don't have the evidence in front of me. They've played two good teams. They've lost by double figures in both of them. There's no other way to spin that. I'm sorry. And today's a great day for the Dolphin haters. Because for anyone who thinks this team is Fugazi, only beating bad teams. For everyone who thinks they're not on the level of the big boys. Today's your day. You're a big winner today. Dolphins played one really good team, lost by four touchdowns. Dolphins played another really good team, only scored a season low 17 points, only 10 of which were scored by the offense, only one touchdown scored by the offense, lost by two touchdowns. Today's a great day for the haters. It's more ammunition that the Dolphins are fugazi. So, I made a couple of those points last night on Twitter. And, like, 
I don't understand the pushback I was getting from the Dolphin fam. Like I said at the start of the show, it's okay to say they got their ass kicked. It's okay to come to that realization. Doesn't make you any less of a fan. You're still a good fan. I promise. No one's taking any of your fan credentials away. If you wake up this morning like, man, we got our ass kicked last night. It's okay. You're allowed to still be a Dolphin fan. But I don't understand the pushback I get when I say how they got their ass kicked. Think about it. The Dolphins won the turnover battle and had a defensive touchdown and still lost by double digits. Like, what are we talking about here? And like I said, there's no shame in losing at Buffalo, losing at Philadelphia. Shame would be getting tripped up by the Panthers, by the Giants, one of these shitburger teams. There's no shame in losing at those two teams we're talking about. But they got beat up last night. And again, the positive, the defense allowed 31 points. Yes, but I think you're pleased overall with the defense. You're not pleased with the offense last night. You're pleased with the defense. Defense made a ton of plays. Kohu, and you know what? Good for Cater Kohu. Because, yes, A.J. AJ Brown, A.J. Brown's one of the best receivers in football. And for the most part yesterday, A.J. Brown still did his thing. I mean, he had 10 catches for 137 yards and a touchdown. But I didn't feel like Cater Kohu was getting abused out there the way that Stephon Diggs abused him a few weeks ago. Cater Kohu made probably the biggest play in the game. He blitzes, gets a hand on the ball, right into the hands of Jerome Baker, runs it in for a touchdown, 17-all in the third quarter, back in the game. Monster play by the defense. Jalen Phillips beats Lane Johnson, who hasn't given up a sack literally in like three years. So Jalen Phillips looking like he's healthy after missing the last few games. Bradley Chubb got involved early in this one with the strip sack. Christian Wilkins had a very up and down game. He recovered at that strip sack. He, he had a couple other big plays, but he also had stupid plays. Offsides, the roughing. <laughs> but... The defense is clearly headed in the right direction. Now, I saw this point made. I don't know. Did the Dolphins hold guys out? Like, are the Dolphins playing the long game? That And you heard Mike McDaniel. We got to protect guys from themselves sometimes. Xavier, Xavier Howard, he wanted to play. Connor Williams, they held out too. They obviously missed him. Eichenberg sucks balls. Everybody knows that. The Dolphins hold guys out. Are they playing the long game there? Maybe, especially because it's a road game. It's an NFC opponent. Let's, let's make sure we're okay. And we're 5-1. and one. Did Buffalo losing earlier in the day play a part? Probably not. But did they hold some guys out? Air on the side of caution? Maybe. But I can only judge performance based on what's in front of me. Last night was, last night was a good game for all the Dolphin haters. All the Dolphin doubters. Here's the thing, okay? Beat New England next week, we all feel better. And that's going to be a New England team that feels good about themselves. We'll get to our NFL rundown in a moment. Beat a New England team that feels good about themselves. And while the Dolphins kind of kicked their ass earlier in the year, it was only a seven-point win. Beat New England this weekend, we all feel better. Just sucks to have to sit and stew over this all week. And, like I said, the next opportunity to shut up the doubters... Dolphins win next week against New England. That's not going to shut up the doubters. What will shut up the doubters is the next big opportunity, which is in two weeks, to beat a top team in Germany 
Kansas City Chiefs and take back your fate as far as the top of the AFC is concerned. Have to eventually beat a good team. Next opportunity is in two weeks. So, I think the Dolphins got their ass kicked last night. Doesn't change my opinion of how I feel about this team moving forward. If anything, I feel better about this team moving forward because of how the defense is coming along and because they're going to get Xavier Howard back probably next weekend and they're going to add Jalen Ramsey. It's not getting Jalen Ramsey back. They are adding Jalen Ramsey. We've never had him. So you could be pissed about last night. You could say they got their ass kicked and also still feel good going forward, which I do. All right, guys, there was a ton of action. Week 7, NFL yesterday, which concludes tonight. Minnesota, San Francisco, we got the gambling, got the fantasy football. Good luck to everybody out there with tonight's contest. It looks like Christian McCaffrey's going to play for all the fantasy football owners who have been nervous about that. But with all the action yesterday, that brings us, as always, to our Week 7 NFL Rundown. Let's get to it. Brought to us every Monday by Brunt Insurance. Brunt Insurance, the only insurance agency I use for my homeowner's insurance. That's because I want to make sure that not only am I covered from head to toe, I want to make sure I'm getting the best rate out there. And wherever you're calling from in the state of Florida, 954-589-2204. From all the way up Pensacola, I'm huge in Pensacola. All the way down to the Keys, I'm enormous in the Keys. Wherever you're calling from, Brunt Insurance has you covered. They have offices all throughout the state. They know your area. Their team has the expertise and the experience, fully licensed staff to help you every step of the way when it comes to your home insurance, renters, or condo insurance. There are so many options out there. It's going to make your head spin. That is unless you use Brunt Insurance where they specialize in making the confusing crystal clear. At Brunt Insurance, their agents specialize in finding the perfect policy for you. And then they educate you on all your options so you know the ins and outs of your policy of choice. Now, I get my homeowner's insurance from Brunt Insurance. If you're looking for automobile, motorcycle, boater's insurance, 954-589-2204, you made the right call. Bruntinsurance.com. Let's get to our Week 7 NFL rundown. We start out with a blowout. It was the Bears, a 30-12 win over the Vegas Raiders. Tyler Bajant, he gets his first career NFL start as Justin Fields is hurt. 21 for 29, 162 yards and a touchdown. And Deontay Foreman, he had three total touchdowns, 89 yards rushing and two scores, three catches and 31 yards and a touchdown receiving. He got the game ball. I got one more game ball. Deontay Foreman! I really appreciate y'all, man. It's been a long time coming, man. I- I had to sit around and watch it, man, for a minute, bro. You know what sure, I'm saying? Yeah, mm-hmm. So it's like getting this opportunity and being able to go out there and perform, man. I cherish this shit, dog. Yeah, you yeah. feel me? I appreciate y'all, bro. Yeah, for real. Yeah. I'm here. I'm here. I'm that. Improved to three and four. The Raiders. That team sucks, man. I don't know how you keep Josh McDaniels around after year. 
after this year. They dropped a 2-5. and five. Devontae Adams did have seven catches for 57 yards. But the Bears, the blowout win over the Raiders. The Browns, I mean, this was a tremendous game. A back-and-forth contest in Indianapolis. The Browns would top the Colts 39-38. to They would get a touchdown late. P.J. Walker had to come in for Deshaun Watson, who sucks. Watson was one for five for five yards and an interception. And on what would have been a second interception, except it was overturned, he hit his head. He had to leave the game. Apparently, he was cleared to return, but Kevin Stefanski decided to continue holding him out, probably because he's terrible. P.J. Walker was 15 for 32, 178 yards and an interception. You may say to yourself, man, how the hell did the Browns win this game then? Well, the defense, even though they allowed 38 points, Miles Garrett dominated this game. He got the game ball. Okay, running out of superlatives. Nine tackles, two sacks, one tackle for loss, one PBU, and a blocked kick. Hey man, this for all of us. I, I said this to the D line, but no takes in history. We making history. Let's keep doing what we doing. Browns on three. One, two, three. Browns. Second straight week, really big win for the Browns. They improved to four and two. The Colts dropped to three and four. Gardner Minshew was 15 for 23, 305 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. Jonathan Taylor, 18 carries, 75 yards in his first touchdown of the year. He had three catches and 45 yards. Another thriller took place in Foxborough yesterday afternoon where the New England Patriots were dominating this game. They were up 22 to 10 early in the fourth quarter on Buffalo. The Bills come back to take a 25-22 lead. The Patriots, they would wind up getting a late score there. At late score. I mean, it came with just a couple seconds remaining as Mac Jones found Mike Gesicki across the back of the end zone. That would win them the game. Jones was 25 for 30, 272 yards, and two touchdowns. Here's Mike Gesicki post-game. Hey, Mike, just, I have to ask, it's National Tight Ends Day. Yeah. So do you have a comment about getting the game-winning touchdown on the holiday? Yeah, I got in the huddle, and I was like, Mac, it's National Tight Ends Day, throw me the ball. And he was like, all right, cool. So, um... No, that actually didn't happen, but I do appreciate him throwing me the ball. Um, but, uh, yeah, obviously, you know, this kind of, um, you know, holiday that's been brought up by Kittle and, you know, everybody kind of loves it and celebrates it. So uh, it, it was cool. It was cool um, to be able to go out there and, you know, make that play and then do the world's fastest and probably most embarrassing gritty. Uh, so that was that was fun. I can't wait to see a replay of that and uh, – See all the uh, mentions of me on my Instagram of me getting just absolutely harassed by fans. That's win number 300 for Belichick. The Patriots improved to 2-5. and five. The Bills dropped to 4-3. and three. Josh Allen was 27 for 41, 265 yards, two touchdowns and interception. Stephon Diggs had six catches for 58 yards and a touchdown. The Giants get their second win of the season, 14-7 to seven over the Commanders. Tyrod Taylor was 18 for 29, 279 yards and two touchdowns. Darren Waller had seven catches for 98 yards and a touchdown. Saquon Barkley, 21 rushes, 77 yards, three catches, 41 yards and a touchdown. The Giants improved to two and five. The Commanders dropped to three and four. The Ravens smoke the Lions in a game we all thought would have been the marquee game of the one o'clock slate. 
the Ravens. They scored 35 points before the Lions even got on the board. Ravens win 38-6 behind Lamar Jackson, 21 for 27, 357 yards, three touchdowns passing, 36 yards rushing, a touchdown on the ground. Gus Edwards, he had 144 yards total and a touchdown. The Ravens and Lions are both 5-2. The Atlanta Falcons, a game that they dominated in Tampa, but turning the ball over three times in the red zone. The game was tied at 13 late, and Young Hui Ku would hit the game-winning field goal. For first place in the division, and a victory in Tampa Bay. Young Hui Ku from 51. The kick, it's up, it's out. It's through! Time expires! At the buzzer, the Falcons win it by three. The Falcons get the win 16-13. They improve to four and three. They got a shot in that division. The Bucs are three and three. Desmond Ritter, he was terrible with the turnovers. 19 for 25, 250 yards. He lost three fumbles. Baker Mayfield was 27 for 42, 275 yards, a touchdown, an interception. Mike Evans, six catches for 82 yards and a touchdown. The Steelers, the game was tied in the fourth quarter at 17 against the Rams, and Najee Harris would get what would be the game-winning score. They just got the snap off. They got it to Harris. Pittsburgh's got the lead. Steelers hang on and win 24-17. There was some, uh, the game was marred a little bit by officiating. The Steelers were able to run out the clock eventually on a fourth down quarterback sneak where Kenny Pickett looked clearly short. It was with just over two minutes left. The Rams had no timeouts. The officials gave him a very advantageous spot, spot and the Steelers were able to run out the clock. Kenny Pickett was 17 for 25, 230 yards. George Pickens, five catches for 107 yards. Puka Nakua, Eight catches for 154 yards. Steelers improved to four and two. The Rams dropped to three and four. 24-17 Steelers win. The Seahawks beat the Cardinals 20 to 10. Geno Smith was 18 for 24, 219 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. Kenneth Walker the third, 26 carries for 105 yards. The Seahawks are four and two. The Cardinals dropped to one and six. The Broncos, Sean Payton finally wins another game. The Broncos win 19-17 over the Packers. They get a late field goal in that one. Russell Wilson was 20 for 29, 194 yards and two touchdowns. Jordan Love, 21 for 31, 180 yards, two touchdowns, and the interception in the end would seal it for Denver. Tom with the block, going deep, and looking, it's intercepted! It's picked up by Locke! Broncos win 19-17, the Broncos are 2-5, the Packers drop to 2-4. It does not look like Jordan Love is the quarterback of the future. And finally, the Kansas City Chiefs, their defense looked awesome in a two-touchdown home win over the Chargers. Chiefs win 31-17, Patrick Mahomes was 32 for 42, 424 yards, Four touchdowns and interception. Travis Kelsey, 12 catches, 179 yards, and a touchdown. Justin Herbert, such a fraud. 
17 for 30, 259 yards, a touchdown, and his second interception, we all knew it was coming, would seal the deal for Kansas City. Good. That ball should have been snapped three seconds ago. Again, the traffic. Intercepted. It's Brian Cook to close out the game. The Chiefs defense is one of the big stories of this season in Kansas City. They're going to keep yet another opponent down inside 20 and below total points. Improved to 6-1 with the 31-17 win. Chargers drop to 2-4. Week 7 concludes tonight with San Francisco and Minnesota. And that right there is our Week 7 NFL Rundown brought to us as always by Brunt Insurance, 954-589-2204. Go to BruntInsurance.com. Hey guys, if you're thinking about getting yourself a new car, that should be something that's exciting. You shouldn't be nervous, you shouldn't be anxious, because you don't know where to go, you don't know what type of car you want. Luckily, you're listening to your boy, you're listening to Zazlo Show 2.0, and I'm sending it to the official car dealership of Zazlo Show 2.0. That's North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. If you're in the market, but you don't know where to go, North Fort Lauderdale Subaru has the widest inventory of newest Subaru models on the market. That includes the Outback, the Crosstrek, the Forester, the Ascent, the WRX. If you're looking for a spacious Subaru SUV for the entire family, maybe you're just looking for something fun for yourself, a Subaru sedan to get to and from work. I don't know, but whatever you're looking for, North Fort Lauderdale Subaru is sure to have the perfect model for you. And at North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, you know about that North Fort Lauderdale Subaru promise, guaranteed most money for your trade, three-day exchange policy, out the door in 90 minutes or less after you say yes, 100% credit approval, lifetime vehicle warranty, and you could shop right now wherever you are at nflsubaru.com. North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, conveniently located on North Andrews Avenue, just north of Cypress Creek Road, the building you know and the place to go. nflsubaru.com, North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. Let's get to big deal or not a big deal. Big deal or not a big deal. We'll start out here with the Miami Hurricanes. So the Canes get a game they had to have against Clemson. Not because they have any shot at the ACC, which they don't anymore. And the Canes are not very good, as we're able to tell now over the last few weeks. But man, to to quiet the storm a little bit around Coach Cristobal, and he finally gets his first home in-conference win a game they badly needed. No Tyler Van Dyke. Emery Williams, he ends up coming up big for them in the overtime for sure. The Canes win in, was it the yeah, second overtime? Clemson gets a field goal. Canes get a field goal. Canes get the touchdown and the two-point conversion. And then they wind up getting the stops. They win 28-20. Canes needed that game so bad. But if the Canes did not win that game, the way that regulation ended... The Canes had the ball with a timeout about a minute to go on their own 40. All right, tie game. And Coach Cristobal, he's waving the white flag. Let's go to overtime. I mean, come on. You got a timeout. You got plenty of time. No urgency. Clock ends up running out, which is clearly what he wanted. I mean, Cristobal's clock management is clearly horrendous. And we're in a place now where the analysts, they are openly... Very critical of Coach Cristobal. Second down. They're going to hand it to Cheney. He got flipped over by Makuba. 
shy of the 40, and Cheney's hobbling. But they're giving him the first down, which saves Miami here because the clock is momentarily stopped. Now they'll wind it, but they need to be up on the line of scrimmage. Like, to me, I don't know why you're huddling right here. Yeah. So Miami, with 35 seconds left, breaks the huddle here. I mean, and we're shi- they're shifting. Yeah, this is a big deal. I mean, you, you can't – it's a game Cristobal needed so bad. I just – you can't trust him. I am not a fan of how he handles the game. That possession before overtime you heard right there was ridiculous because he comes off Cristobal as the type of coach – who is going to preach toughness, and then he coaches scared. He's going to preach toughness, and then in that spot at the end of the game, he doesn't trust, you know, trust your teammates. He doesn't trust his team. He preaches toughness, and that's super soft the way he coached at the end of that game. I just, I, I, I do not like it. But the Canes get a game they had to have. Really good win. I understand Clemson is down, but it, yes, it's still the Canes beating Clemson. So that's a big deal. Big deal or not a big deal? How about Friday night, game five? You had the ALCS tied at two. The Rangers are trying to win a home game. They want to be the first team to win a home game this series. A road team has won all four games so far. And on Friday night, game five, it's the top of the ninth inning, and Jose Altuve would give the Astros the win. The pitch. And Altuve hits it in the air pretty deep to left. Carter is back at the wall. Leaves and it is gone! It's gone! It's gone! It's gone! Jose Altuve gives the Astros a 5-4 lead! How do you like that? That's obviously a big deal. I mean, the Rangers were looking to take a 3-2 series lead. Instead, it was a 3-2 series lead back to... Houston, the Astros last night had a chance to close it out, but the Rangers, the Rangers crushed the Astros last night. 9-2, I think, was the final. So what we have now, Game 6, NLCS. The Phillies can close things out today in Philadelphia. That's 5.07 p.m. on Saturday. The Phillies won Game 5 to take the 3-2 series lead back to Philly. And Game 7, ALCS is at 8.03 tonight. Texas Rangers at Houston Astros. Game 7. That's a big deal. Big deal or not a big deal. Inter-Miami. They lost on Saturday night. Last game of the season. 1-0 at Charlotte. Messi did play. Inter-Miami finishes the year. 9 wins. 18 losses. 7 draws. They won 9 out of 34 games. Very terrible. They finished next to last in the East. They finished nine points back of the final playoff spot. It was always going to be a huge mountain to climb. Overall, this ended up being a really fun season because you got Messi moving forward at least for another couple years. They won the League's Cup championship. They got to the final of the U.S. Open Cup. But it really seemed like things things really fizzled out over the last like month when Messi had to start missing the games and Inter Miami really lost a lot of steam. So that's a big deal. And finally, big deal or not a big deal, the NBA opens tomorrow night. And in Philadelphia, James Harden is still nowhere to be found. James Harden continues to remain away from the team. No explanation given. They can't get in touch with him. He's clearly never going to play for the Sixers again. But this is a big deal because, you know, Adam Silver, softest commissioner in professional sports, 
Where's the memo about James Harden and other players needing to report to the teams that they're under contract for? No, only when it's Damian Lillard and involving the Miami Heat, then you get a memo sent out. The softest commissioner in sports is allowing this player who is under contract, who opted in to this year with Philadelphia, is just AWOL, and nobody in the league seems to care about it. This is a big deal. Uh, Adam Silver, I I know he's Teflon. He is as soft a commissioner in sports there is. That's a big deal, and that right there is another addition. A big deal or not a big deal. Yes. Today's show, of course, brought to us in part by Bet Online. Thanks to everybody who hung out with us today. I hope you're feeling a little bit better about the Dolphins because yesterday sucked, but I still feel really good about where this team is moving forward. We're just a couple days away from the Heat opening the season. NBA starts tomorrow. Game 6 NLCS tonight. Game 7 ALCS tonight. Monday Night Raw tonight. Monday Night Football. Oh my God, there's so much going on. Make sure you like, you rate, you comment, you do all that fun stuff. And of course, thanks to everybody who works so hard behind the scenes and making sure we get the show up every day. We'll talk to you on Zaslow Show 2.0 tomorrow. You know what that means. Ah, the show is over. What better time now than to go out back with a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. That's right. That's what I look forward to after every show. And now my day's work is done. I got a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. We're talking European roots with a Caribbean soul. I'm going to sit outside by the pool here at the Zaslow Mansion and just enjoy the rest of my day. Having a Johnny Cuba makes me feel like I'm right back in the Caribbean. We're talking a refreshing German lager in a can. You can get it anywhere. Sedanos, Presidente, Winn-Dixie. And right now, you got special holiday prices on six-packs of Johnny Cuba. Make sure you pick up your Johnny Cuba merch as well. We got the hot sauce coming up. Johnny Cuba, stay tranquilo because more is always brewing. Save big money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands, including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion. Upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at Menards. Shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at Menards.com. Save big money at Menards.